You are listening to Aim for the Bushes. We currently do not have a theme music, but that's the show you're listening to. I am your host, Person Pavlo, also known as JPav, also known as Pav, also known as Pavi. And with me, as always, is my recording partner, Maggie the Mags. And so today we have a couple of uh, issues that we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about two things. One will be the recent burning of the Notre Dame Cathedral in uh, France. Uh, so we'll talk a little bit about the situation surrounding that. And then we will talk about a little technology thing about the USB-C port that we find on computers and phones now. But before we get into any of those things, this is our, our disclaimer that we do on here just to let you know that anything that we talk about is just like my opinion or the opinion of others, should we have other people on. And it's not the ultimate truth. So if you disagree with what we're saying, or if you agree, that's fine. But if you disagree, uh, we're not saying that we are the ultimate truth, that we are the right opinion and no other differing opinion is is wrong. We're just we're just giving you our little our little take on things. And that's why you listen to us, because you want, I assume to hear something different, or maybe you want to confirm what you already know. It's up to you. But anyway, so we're going to get into our first topic right after our sponsor. Oh, no, you don't have sponsors. I'm going to do this every time, so just get used to it. <laughs> maybe one day we will get sponsors, but currently we do not have sponsors. So we don't have sponsors. We don't have a theme song, both of which may change in the future if you make this if you make this popular on all like the podcast sites and all that stuff. Anyway, so our first topic today, we're going to talk about the Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris, France. So if you hadn't seen the news, and again, this will be a topic for another day, people who don't watch the news, but uh, earlier this week, it was, it was this week, right? Yeah. Earlier this week, there was a tragic fire that broke out at the Notre Dame Cathedral, and like I said, in Paris, France, and part of it burned down. And so that was, you know, that was unfortunate for sure, you know, because it's a historic building. It's been around for 850 years. Uh, I think it took almost like 100 years to build. You know, it has like impressive architecture. Obviously, people know Hunchback of Notre Dame. Uh, it's inspired architecture from other, uh, other cathedrals in other countries. Like here in Montreal, we have a Notre Dame cathedral down in old Montreal. And it, part of it takes its look from the, the cathedral in France. And yeah, so that kind of happened. The latest I had read about it, it seems that it could have been a, an electrical spark that was the cause of the fire because it was going, uh, it was undergoing renovations. So they were doing renovations to like its spire and I guess its roof or something. And then unfortunately, something happened and a fire broke out. So we're going to talk about a couple things surrounding that. The first thing is basically, yeah, uh, it was it was unfortunate for sure because, like as we said, like it has like wonderful architecture. Luckily, though, sorry, this is a tangent though. Luckily, though, even though uh, it did have the fire that came through, they did remove a bunch of like statues and other things from it, like last week or something. So, uh, so several things were saved from it. So, like obviously, the whole thing did not burn down. Only like the spire and I think like the roof. Most of the structure is still intact. I mean, it will have to be rebuilt, but a lot of things were taken out as part of the renovation thing. So there were several things that were actually by chance saved. So, I mean, so that's good. But yeah, so it was something that was definitely unfortunate, but I think uh, people are going a little bit too too crazy with 
their reaction to, to what happened. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a building. You know, it's a very nice building. You know, like I said, it's nice architecture, nice art. You know, things like stained glass windows. And I'm sure, like, I've never seen the inside. But I'm sure there's, like, most of churches, especially a big cathedral like that, will have, like, paintings on the walls and all that stuff. So I understand it's historical, cultural importance and artistic importance. So that's unfortunate. But some of the outpouring that I've seen in response to this has just been, I think, a little crazy. You know, like, it's a building. At the end of the day, it's a building. My first thought when I came across this news was that hopefully no one's hurt, which is also a miracle that no one was injured in the fire, no one died or anything. That's what's most important to me. That's the most important part because it's a big tourist attraction. A lot of people go see it. And thankfully, no one was hurt because obviously it would be a lot worse if, uh, if people were hurt. The reactions like on Facebook I'm seeing and like people talking about like the need to take photos and stuff because things can be gone. I'm just like, it's a weird position to take because I'm like, it's a building. At the end of the day, it's a building. Yes, it has like all these wonderful things about it, but it's it's a building. And before this fire, I hadn't heard anyone talk about <laughs> Notre Dame. Like, yes, it's a very popular tour site. It's one of the most visited things in Paris, but I've never seen anyone like, I don't think anyone wakes up and be like, ah, the Notre Dame Cathedral, like. My life is complete now. You know, it's a building. It exists. So like, it's fine. And then it burns. Part of it burns. And, I, like, the whole, like everyone's, like, acting like a nuclear bomb just, like, went off. And, like, millions of people died. And I'm like, it's a building. My first thought was after after everyone's okay. My first, Like I said, first, first thought was, like, okay, everyone's safe. After that, I'm like, okay, they'll rebuild it. Like, that was, that was never in question. You know, like it'll be it'll be fixed, it'll be rebuilt, whether or not because I know what they want to do. Some people want to like modernize it. Some people want to keep it, like make it a replica of like how it was. I mean, I don't care. Whatever they choose, it's fine with it. I was I was listening to this, uh, I think, CTV news where they were talking about how it's gonna look in terms of, like architecture and like some people saying like, oh, it should be. Um, they shouldn't they shouldn't introduce any like modern elements or not modern because modern is like a specific art style but like art and architectural style but like any current type of uh detailing and, and rebuilding it or whatever and it was just funny because france I'm, I'm sure this happens in other areas too but france has like a history of like these like new types of architecture that come into like to to, to buildings if you've never seen uh, paris it's a very it does not look like a modern city and this is not uh, to knock against Paris or anything, but apparently because of its catacombs and all like tunnels underneath it, it can't like support big modern skyscrapers and stuff. Like that. So you don't have skyscrapers really, and like really large buildings in Paris. At least my under- I've never been to Paris, but from pictures I've seen and reading about the history of the city and stuff like that, it doesn't look like any other like modern city. Like I've been to London, I've never been to New York, but I've seen pictures of New York. You know, downtown Montreal, downtown Toronto. I've been all there. So you have like, especially like North American cities, you know, you have like the big skies here or stuff like that. That type of stuff doesn't exist in in Paris. So it has like a specific look to it or whatever. And so when you introduce changes to that kind of like architectural style, like people get all upset. Like when the Eiffel Tower was built, I think in the early 1900s, people hated it, right? And now it's like the icon of the city. The first thing you think of if you think of Paris as like the Eiffel Tower. So when it first came out, I was hated, hated, hated. And uh, when I was watching a news clip related to how they may redesign or not redesign this Notre Dame Cathedral, they talked about the Louvre because it has that gla- uh, the, that glass pyramid. 
That was new. I didn't realize that was like within like the last ten to twenty years that that thing was built. I did not know. I've, I've never I've seen the Louvre. It's always been with the, uh, the that glass pyramid. So now that's an iconic part of it. But that, like I said, that's a more recent thing. And when that came out, people were upset because they're like, "Oh, you can't change the architectural style by adding, you know, more con- um, current." design elements to it like no you'll ruin it or whatever and now it's like iconic like maybe there's still some people out there that don't like it but i don't think anyone can picture the louvre without that glass pyramid thing in in front of it. so they may make changes i don't know whatever that's fine I, i'll support whatever if they if they want to do something a little different or if they do a replica okay that's cool my main issue though is like so i'm not against like i'm not like I know some people have taken like an um, an anti-religious stance by being like, oh, you know, like it's a it's a church and the church has done evil things like throughout the years, which they have. I mean, if you've looked at like the whole sexual abuse of children and stuff like that, like yeah, obviously that's not good. But this is a building, though. Like I said, it's a building. The building didn't do any 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 of the evil things from church, like coming like colonization and stuff like that, like. People coming over here, well, it's like North America and like converting natives or going down to like South America and like converting natives and putting that whole way of life on them and stuff like that. Okay, yeah, that's fine. But this building didn't do that, right? The building didn't say go and do that stuff. So it doesn't matter. Like that stuff doesn't matter to me in terms of like the building itself because it's just at the end of the day, it's just a building. Yes, I understand it has different cultural representations. Part of it is like colonizing and all that stuff. But the building itself did not do any of that. So I don't care about that in, in this particular scenario but like what what's baffled me is that like the money coming in to to fix this thing which is like look like i said i don't care if they fix it fix it i mean to me that was never in question it was obviously going to be fixed like (laughs) it's a cultural landmark in france they're they're going to repair it like that was never an issue but just like the outpouring from like all these like rich people part of it for me for me is because of the optics the perception of oh yes this 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 grand grand cathedral in our in our country or the even a foreign like investor well not really investors but foreign rich people being like the u.s government (laughs) yeah we'll give you money to repair it which giving money to repair it in itself is not a problem because i know people are going to be like Oh, like what you do with them? Like it's an important cultural thing. We'll talk about that in a second too. Right wing people using this as like some symbol of like Western civilization, civilization, which is freaking dumb. They like to tout Western civilization as though it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. But anyways, so there's that aspect to it. All all these people, like hundreds of million dollars raised from people within France, uh, people exterior France, different governments. Like I said, the U.S. government rushing to go out there and donate money to rebuild it. And, you know, you look at it. There's a tweet that was, like, going around. If I can find it, I'll put it in the show notes. Of this basic person basically saying, like, okay, we can all rush out to donate hundreds of millions of dollars to rebuild a building that was devastated by an accidental fire. But we don't have money to support people in need like in our country or in whatever country, like in the U.S., for example, you have people in Flint, Michigan, uh, who do not have clean drinking water. You know, their the water's all lead poisoned, caused like so much harm, and we've known about it for the last five years. But is there money to fix that? No, 
No, no one's rushing out to say, hey, yeah, you guys won't have access to clean drinking water, and it's going to cost money to fix it. I don't know how much money it costs, but whatever. That's not important. 55 million? Okay, Maggie tells me 55 million. Whatever the number is, if it's 50, if it's more or less, because I know some people are going to be like, it's 25 million. So and I'm like, okay, what's the point? Like, that doesn't change anything. The point is the money's not there to do it. Or if money is coming in, because they were, I saw that they were getting some money in of what they were owed, but it's been a long, long, long time, you know, to, to, to even address this problem. You also have the same thing in Puerto Rico. Uh, they're devastated by Hurricane Maria, I think. Not, not that I think they were devastated by a hurricane. I think the name of the hurricane was Maria, just in case anyone <laughs> is unsure of what I mean there. But they're still devastated by that, and... Uh, money coming in to rebuild, you know, has been super slow. And you just had Trump saying they've gotten too much money in Puerto Rico. Like, why are we giving money to Puerto Rico? Like, yeah, right. They're looking for money to cut back on. But no, this building in another country that, yes, like I said, it is unfortunate that uh, a fire broke out. But yes, we'll give money to that because that is super important that it gets re- like it's always going to get rebuilt. Like there's no question. France is not this impoverished country and now uh, it's not it's not like in, in a movie where like a community has like no money and they have to save like the local church or something or the local building or the sports team or something like that, right? Where it's like, "Oh, we have to raise the money otherwise it's going to be lost forever." It's like, "No, that's not that's not going to happen." Like as soon as pretty much like I saw it and I was like, "Okay, they'll rebuild it." There's no problem. There's no problem there. This brings us to, like, another point uh, here, which is, like, obviously the the wealth inequality that we have in this country. And, oh, and this in the U.S., well, other countries in the world. But it brings it brings to light where people try to dismiss this by saying, like, because I, I had read an article. Uh, I can't remember which site. Maybe Gizmodo, if I find it. I'll post it in the show notes. But basically, on the article, someone in the comments had said, oh, this is such a tragedy. And this happened. And then someone else said, this isn't a tragedy. A tragedy is like what I described in uh, in Flint, Michigan, or in Puerto Rico. That's a tragedy. And basically, the response back to this was like, we don't have to compare the two. This can be a tragedy, and that can also be a tragedy. That's true. They both can be tragedies. I don't see it as a tragedy. I see it as something as unfortunate. Tragedy is something like, I think that's kind of like really, 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 really bad. Like a lot of pain and hurt and suffering was caused. That's a tragedy. Like someone going and shooting out like a school or at a mosque or something. That's a tragedy. You know, or a bombing of some kind, you know, and people do like, um, like suicide bomber or something like that. that. That's a tragedy. You know, someone being killed unnecessarily, you know. Like, on the street. That's a tragedy. Like, a building going up in flames, not even completely up in flames, that's unfortunate. That's not a tragedy. Like I said, because it'll be rebuilt. And so, you can compare the two. Like, you can say, like, that's a tragedy. Like, I understand, like, you can say, oh, that's a tragedy. If you feel it's, if you feel it's a tragedy, that's fine. You can hold that opinion. I don't care. So, you can say that's a tragedy. And then you can also say that something, like, happening in Flint, Michigan, or in Puerto Rico. And there's other social issues too like even here in canada and i'm sure in the u.s too on native reserves or reservations i forget which one's canadian which one's american right they have issues too with like infrastructure and access to clean drinking water stuff like that as well right like so this idea that like oh you don't necessarily have to compare the two i'm like okay you can or cannot whatever but the one difference is 
and what I would argue is it is okay to compare them. The difference is I'm not saying like these two items are on the same level in terms of like uh, their scope or their intensity or anything like that, but it's worth it's I think it's valuable to bring up the comparison, not to say like. Because people talk about like the the hurt Olympics or whatever, try to say like, oh, I have like the worst thing that's happened to me. I'm like, that's not my point here. And like bringing up these things by saying like, okay, this one thing is not as bad as another thing. My point is the response to those things. That's why I think there's a value in comparing them. Because on one hand, for the church or the cathedral, you have mil- hundreds of millions of dollars coming in to fix the problem. Whereas on the other hand, the response is, Eh. right i think there's value in looking at those type of responses and to say dismiss it by saying oh we don't have to compare the two or whatever i think it just maintains the status quo which is ignoring these problems and hoping that they go away and if we've learned anything is like you can't just ignore things in the hopes that they go away because they'll they'll still be there if you want to turn a blind eye to it Okay, that's your choice, but then I don't think at the same time then you can get upset if other people say, well, that's all well and good that you have money to fix this church, but why don't we have money to fix this thing? All it highlights is that the money exists to solve these problems, right? And I understand sometimes it happens through like corruption and blah, 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 all that stuff, but the money exists. Our current system that we have, there is money to go and fix those things. As we can see, because like it was less than a day, we have like 500, 600 million, I think, pledged. To the cathedral from all these rich families, rich companies, governments, right? And that's just to fix a building. You know, it's like, yes, I understand it's a nice building, it's a historical building, but like at the end of the day, it's the repair building. And so what we're saying is that we value fixing a building, regardless of its importance, because at the end of the day, it's a building, to fix that building, but we can't fix other broken issues that we have, such as clean drinking water. Or like dealing with like poverty in general. So having systems of like higher minimum wage or some type of universal basic income, access to healthcare, right? Like all those things, like we could be fixing too with money. Because that's how you fix things, basically, is with money, right? You need to have a system that is well funded to to fix these things. So for like the pipes in, in Flint, Michigan, yeah, you have to dig up those old pipes and then put in new ones, do all that stuff that takes time and money basically to do it. So what we're saying is, oh, yeah, we don't care about this particular small town. Well, I Actually, I don't know if Flint's a small town. I think it is a small town. But we don't care about this particular town to, to make sure that the residents that live there have access to clean drinking water, right? But we can send money out to fix this other thing, right? And then the other issue that I have with the, the church is, like, people on the right – Trying to uphold this thing, like as I mentioned before, as a symbol of Western civilization. Because people on the right love to uphold Western civilization. Like just the concept of Western civilization as like this great thing that we have to protect. It's why they like they tend to be like Islamophobic and stuff like that. Because like Islam comes from like the East. Not the Far East, but it does come from the East, right? And then you have a history of like um, invasions coming from the East. So when you have uh, the Huns coming in uh you have uh the mongols right they come off the asian steppe and then across eastern and western europe right so there's always a fear uh and you have the ottomans too 
right? They had come into um, Eastern Europe. I don't think they came in as far as Western Europe. You have Spain, you know, back in the Middle Ages, I think. It's off the top of my head. Uh, this is the quality research that you're getting listening to this podcast. But, you know, you had Spain and Portugal that was overtaken by Moors. And then you have la, in Spain, you have the la, la Reconquista or whatever, right? Where they're able to push them back, right? So there's always this fear of, like, this Eastern invasion of the West. And I understand, like, back in, like, the Middle Ages or whatever, this foreign entities sweeping across, basically, Asia and Europe. I'm basically wanting to destroy your way of life. In those times, I understand that, right? Like, you have this foreign people from, like, very far away who are, ba- like, especially the Mongols, who would just basically come in to fucking destroy you. It, 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 it to me, it, like, symbolizes, like, the illusion, uh, the sorry, smashing the illusion of, like, Western superiority, obviously, because, I mean, you have, like, like in, in terms of Mongols, right? Because we always think of, especially people who are right-leaning you always have superiority of Western culture, Western civilization. Yes, we did have made like a lot of contributions to like math and science and philosophy and stuff like that. But there's a lot of things that I would say that also come from Eastern parts of the world that have contributed just as much. Now, do I have them off the top of my head? No. But do I have them off the top of my head in Western Civ too? No. I mean, you more readily know those things because we learn history of like Western civilization in general. We don't really learn Eastern civilization unless you are like in university or whatever and you take history courses or whatever about Eastern societies. But they exist. Like they've done they've done things, especially like Newton numbers, like they call them Arabic numbers, cardinal numbers. They come from the East. So we have a lot of mathematical concepts and stuff that come from Eastern like Arabic areas. So if you have like these Mongols coming in or people coming from the East and they're basically sweeping through what we would consider the West. Like the fact that they can come in and destroy us like that, to me, that says like Western civilization is not this great indestructible force that is so good that we're like the best, right? It means that no, there are other people that can probably kick our asses. But this is from the Middle Ages. I'm not talking about modern day. But they keep that fear of like an invasion from the anytime you hear about like, especially like islamophobic things it's always about like replacement and stuff like that that these like right-wing white nationalists white supremacists hold on to these views and you're saying well why are you talking about this now this is a fire burning in a cathedral in in paris the reason why i bring this up is because like i said these right-leaning uh people on youtube political commentators and stuff like that radio shows like they've been positioning this as maybe this wasn't an accident Maybe it was, you know, a terrorist act or someone Muslim did this on purpose, all right? There was uh, was a Glenn Beck who is somehow still around. He used to be on Fox News as like one of their hosts. I guess he got let go because he doesn't have a show on there anymore. But he was on, and there was another news segment from Fox News, too. If I can find it, I'll put it in the show notes. But basically insinuating that maybe this was done by Muslim extremists. Right? And it's like, no one said that. (laughs) No one from the beginning of when the fire broke out had ever suggested that this was anything other than some type of accident. Because like I said, it was going undergoing renovations, so obviously something happened somewhere. 
This, but like I said, the most recent thing that I had read was that they think it was maybe an electrical spark or something. When it happened, no one had any idea. But no one, no one was pushing forth the idea that this was an intentional act that was done. So there was no news around it. But then you have some people being like trying to frame it as, well, maybe. I'm not saying it is. But maybe it was Muslims. Right, and I just remember reading comments of people being like, "Oh yeah, those terrorists are usually shy about like taking credit for doing things, right? Like, because it's such a ridiculous proposition to like put out there to fuel this like, like I said, like this fear, this continual fear of like people from the east coming in, and like no one's doing that now. Like, yes, do you have some countries that we should watch, like Russia and China or whatever?" I mean, I don't know. I don't. I, I want to say like the days of like a large scale invasion of other things is over, but you never know. You know, especially with like missiles and bombs and stuff that we have now. Like, you never know. But I, I, I still think like this idea of like coming in and conquering foreign lands is like that way of life. At least for now, is like done. And so conflict could still break. Arm, armed conflict conflict can still like break out but i don't think we're gonna have anything by like the large large scale invasion or anything like that which is why like people who still harbor this fear which tends to be from conservatives uh you know when they talk about yeah islamophobia uh anti-semitic positions uh xenophobia fear of immigrants right we still have the issue with the border wall like Mexico, when you have people coming in, and Trump had said he wants to get rid of judges and stuff, basically get rid of the legal process because you legally you can come and claim asylum, right? And they're seeing this as a problem, right? Again, this is part of the invasion. The reason why I'm talking about this, and this is how we got on this topic from like a church or a cathedral and France burning, is because people on the right are still trying to use this to frame it to stoke fears in this idea of foreign people are bad kind of thing. Right, if it was just a fire, and a unfortunate burned down part of the the structure, and that was it, okay, fine, we'd be done talking about this other than the whole money thing. But then no, and now we have like like I said, people on the right trying to like still use this to put that perception out there to say that maybe, maybe it's evil Muslims coming in, and it's like no one said that. No, it's, it's like. It pisses me off because I'm like, no one was talking about that. It's the same thing here when in Canada where we still have the same thing. Like, Alberta just had an election. And uh, they had a, a conservative party come in. They had NDP, which is this new Democratic Party. that tend to be more left-leaning, liberal party. When I say liberal, I don't mean the actual liberal party, but liberal as in uh, liberal, like, progressive, like, philosophy. More like socialist, I guess liberal in that sense uh, they, they just got voted out of power and a conservative government had come in in Ontario last year there was an election conservative government came in in Quebec there was an election last year I guess the CAQ is conservative they seem conservative to me I think they would frame themselves as centrist would they put themselves on the right or would they put themselves yeah, but I don't know how they would describe themselves, though, right? I think they're 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 pretty conservative. And my fear now, because we have an election coming up this fall, is that it'll go conservative, right? But we still have these same type of fears here, 
in in Canada about and I don't understand where it comes from. No one's coming in to like invade. Like Muslims are not coming. I I use Muslim example because that's generally what they use to stoke fears. There'll be some issue that happens. I mean, that's what we've seen. We had the like mosque shooting in Quebec City. Fear against Muslims, right? Like we we stoke this fear here, and a lot of it comes from. I mean, Quebec is its own thing. We'll talk about another day. But in the western uh, western part of the country, they do have like a lot of that type of sentiment that comes out of there, and you do see it also in Ontario as well. The east, I don't know. The east, well, Atlantic provinces. I'm not sure. I don't really hear too much about them. I mean, I'm sure it exists to some degree, but. As for, from what I've seen, I don't hear about it as much compared to like pretty much central and western Canada. And it seems to be more like the prairie provinces like Manitoba, Saskatchewan, and Alberta. Well, the part of Alberta that's more prairie than the other half, which is more mountainous when you start getting into the Rocky Mountains and all that stuff. And BC? I'm not sure about BC. I, don't, I mean, it sure exists in the BC too, but I don't hear it as much. But we still have these fears. So anytime there's some type of issue when they're talking about whether it's like conservative memes, like memes are the worst fucking thing to happen to people because they get rid of arguments because there's small little captions that I guess kind of like capture like a certain sentiment, but there's no nuance. There's no details to it. It's just a one sentence thing with a f- picture that captures a feeling, but there's no substance behind it. And you can easily fall into the danger where it's like, oh, yeah, I agree with all these things. And then the next thing you know, like, <laughs> you just adopt this personality of, like, this right-wing person. I mean, it can happen on the left, too, but I think it's more dangerous on the right. Because generally people on the left, yes, sometimes they go a little bit too far in terms of, like, um... actually, I'm not sure in terms of what, though. I guess... I guess the criticism I hear on the left is like, if you don't follow what we follow, we don't like you kind of thing. So I can understand how that can be off-putting. I guess that's that's what I was looking for before. I can understand that. But on the right, it seems to be more like, if you're not like, it's the same thing though. It's like, if you're not like us, but they tend to be more regressive thoughts. Whereas in the other, the, the reason why I would be more okay with like left-leaning stuff is because it's like, Because it's like, we want, like, everyone to feel okay. So if you're being a jackass, then we don't like you. Whereas on the right, it's like, if you're not exactly like us, like, look and talk, hold same values as us, it's not for the betterment of everyone. It's just, like, hold on to the things that we hold on to. So then if you don't do those things or if you don't look like those things that we want you to look like, then we don't like you. So it's a different... To me, it's a different approach. One is more collectivity. One is more individualism. And that basically tries to stamp out anything else. So then you would get that thing. Because like one of the things I hear about, which is what I've been trying to say, but you know, you get into all these little tangents. Because there's all these like details that you have to like talk about. And that's why like, I don't like memes and stuff like that. I like, I like memes in general. If it's like a like, cat doing something stupid or like the thing. I don't know if you've seen this. Where people throw like cheese on, <laughs> on their cats or dogs or whatever. <laughs> like something like that is funny. Like that's a meme I can get behind because it doesn't mean anything in terms of like valuing people or anything like that. It's just something stupid that you can like laugh at. But then when you start saying like, especially like conservative, like 
memes or whatever where it gets into like essentially what they boil down to is if you don't like my way of life then like fuck you or i'm gonna kill you or whatever right like that's not positive right they tend to be more negative leaning and then you get into more like incel stuff and white supremacy stuff those tend to be negative right like those are like not good right it's not harmless whereas like maybe left-leaning memes they tend to be more about like like i said social progressive stuff so there's there's a difference they're not they're not exactly the same we'll see things like someone will be talking about something to do with islamophobia like again you see these like left uh right-leaning memes against like they tend to be like anti-islam right whereas like i don't think on the on the left side you'd see something that's anti-islam or anti-semitic I mean, there's a whole thing in the UK with, like, the Labour Party being anti-Semitic, but I, I don't know enough about it. I've just seen some stuff on Twitter. I don't follow UK politics enough to know exactly if that's true or whatever. But anyways, regardless of that, you just don't kind of see, like, anti-things unless it's, like, stop being a, a jackass. It's, like, anti-jackass, whereas, like, right, we'll be, like, anti-Muslim, anti-Semitic, anti-immigrants, right? It's very negative, very negative approach to things, which is why I think there's a fundamental difference. But anyway, so you get into those things. And let's say here in Canada, I'll see something about like someone from the right, conservative, being like railing against Sharia law, which is like a type of law system to Islam or whatever, which I think they use in some like countries that are, uh, I guess, where their government is like a, is a theocracy, I guess you would say, or their government has like a basically like a theological backing or they incorporate religion into their laws and stuff. I'm not an expert in Sharia law or, or Islam in general, but that's a fear that's constantly stoked. So I'll be watching something, and then someone will start talking about Sharia law. And I'm like, why are you talking about Sharia law? Nobody, nobody said that we're going to introduce Sharia law. For some reason, like this, this, is, this is an actual like conservative thing, like especially like in Western Canada, or even Ontario too, where like, this comes out, I don't know, I don't have any examples offhand, but it's just something I've seen where someone will just start talking about Sharia law. And there's no, like, people who are Muslim who are here in these, no one, maybe a small subset of, like, more extremist people or something, but, like, no, for the majority part, no one is advocating that we bring in Sharia law. And I don't know where this comes from. It comes up, like, all the time. If I can find an example of it, like, I'll post it in the show notes, but... Just keep your eyes out for it if you haven't seen it before. It somehow goes there. And I'm like, no one no one said that. No one Muslim here has ever been like, as a serious proposal, being like, we need to adopt Sharia law. I don't know where this comes from, but it comes up. And it's this fear. Again, this fear of like being replaced. That is, to me, it seems pretty fundamental for like this right-wing conservatism, white nationalism, white supremacy bullshit. It's always this replacing thing. Like, I've seen videos, like, on YouTube and articles of saying, like, birth rates of, like, Muslims or whatever are, like, super high and we're going to get replaced. Like, I don't know where this comes from. That's not true. <laughs> but, again, there's this fear of replacement. And the reason why I'm bringing this up in relation to Notre Dame is because this is part of it. Like, they're using this to also push this idea forward so people who don't question these things look at it and think, oh, wow, yeah, maybe, maybe it is Muslims. Oh, shit. Gotta watch out. Like, you know. And if it's a tragedy, fine. See it as a tragedy. But don't try to, like, bring in... Especially if there's no evidence. I can understand if, like, someone said, yes, we're this Muslim extremist organization and we did it. <laughs> right? That's one thing. But in this case, no one said that. There's no indication. So why are you, like, putting out... this like fear-mongering that basically part of the news media does do. Is this fear-mongering. 
So that that is the Notre Dame Cathedral. Again, unfortunate thing. You know, fires happen. We've had fires in the. They're less likely now, especially like I, I guess in like developed nations that they would happen. Um, but fires do happen. Like back in the back in the day, like you would have fires. There's a great fire of London that burned all through London. There's a Chicago fire. There's a big fire in Toronto. Big fire in Montreal, like in the 1800s. They happened. Things burned down, but it'll be rebuilt. Like the Notre Dame Cathedral. Even if people didn't all like say, "Hey, we're gonna give money," it was still gonna be rebuilt. There's no way the government's gonna be like, "Oh well, that's it. We're done." No, they're gonna rebuild it, so it's fine. I wouldn't worry about it. It's fine. Yes, it's unfortunate, but new things will come of it, right? And that's that's the only positive thing I can say about like a fire or something like that is that something new will happen. Because I know people said, "Oh, it inspired people for." Hundreds of years. maybe it did. I don't know. I've never really heard of it described as inspirational. Maybe it was. I don't know. I'm not I wasn't an artist growing up in the sixteen hundreds. Maybe people did take inspiration from it. But if it did give inspiration, to me it's not a loss because if it did give inspiration, it's already given its inspiration. Like everyone knows like what the cathedral is. All the people who have lived in the past, they've already been inspired by it. So this presents it now. If when they rebuild it, if they do change it at all to inspire a new generation of people. Okay, so we'll leave it there with that one. And then we'll move on to our next topic, which is completely different. We're going completely different direction. Has nothing to do with politics. Well, at least not like politics, politics. Different type of politics. More like technological-based politics, I guess. But not like how we think of politics in terms of like politicians and stuff like that. So... Our next topic that we're going to talk about for a bit before we close off the episode is about USB-C technology, which if you've been paying attention to computers and phones the last, I guess, five years, four or five years, is that there's a new type of standard for USB devices. So you obviously, you know, you have like USB hard drive, USB key, other little gadgets that like plug into computers, cameras, printers, other things that plug in via USB, uh, some soundboards. Have USB plug-in, right? So it's like the rectangular little slot on the side of your computer or the back of your computer if you have like a desktop or whatever. Plugs in. Great. And then you have other ports, inputs, just like HDMI, VGA, FireWire, although I don't think that's around anymore. You know, you have um, SD slots, Ethernet, right? Modem, although I don't think modems, maybe an older technology, but modems don't exist anymore pretty much. But yeah, so you have all these inputs. So then... Uh, you know, with USB-A, which is like the little rectangular, what you think of when you think of a USB. So it's a little slot, um, not reversible, right? So it's directional, so you got to put it in a specific way, which sometimes would be annoying because you're like, am I putting it in right? And you don't want to break it or whatever. So, well, like I said, four or five years ago, a new standard was introduced for the USB, which is uh, the USB-C, which is also like Thunderbolt 3. They're two different technologies, but... They have the same type of connector and input port, which is like a small little like oval shaped thing. Like, uh, I don't know, you can like look it up on the internet easily and see what USB-C is if you're not familiar with it. Because not everyone is like technologically inclined or cares about this stuff. But basically, if you buy like a new MacBook Pro or MacBook, it's the only inputs that they have on there now, aside from a headphone jack on the iPhone. On the iPhone still has lightning port, but on like new like Android phones, it's USB-C. And so it's been touted as like the future because one, it's reversible, which is cool. So you just plug it in. You don't have to worry about, you know, am I plugging in the right way and fiddling with it? 
But then the other demanders it's supposed to give, other than like increased speeds for like data transfers, but it's supposed to combine several ports into one thing. So like HDMI and like power ports, and I think certain display sound audio ports uh, and power. I don't know if I said said power already, but yeah. So like for for the MacBook, like right now, what we're recording into our setup is like we have like the mic, we have a soundboard, we have a recorder, and then it goes into which acts as an, an audio interface, and it goes into uh, my computer, which is a MacBook. And basically, what we have is a little adapter because the recorder that I have has a regular USB thing. So MacBooks now only come with the USB C. So you have to get like an adapter if you have an older cable so it can plug in. So this this brings up my issue with like the USB-C because it's supposed to, because MacBooks and other computers, well, other computers don't have this problem because they have USB-C, but they don't only have USB-C. They still have like a regular USB-A, usually still have like an Ethernet port, um, SD card reader, stuff like that. So they have other things. So it's not, you're not solely relying on USB-C, but Apple decided like, five years ago, four years ago, to go completely USB-C on all their computers. Because Apple, um, they like to think of themselves as being progressive. I don't see it as progressive. Because the problem is that USB-C is not adopted everywhere. So we had an issue today, small issue, where like we're getting ready to set up and record. We're connecting everything together. And then I couldn't find my adapter that I have to plug in my USB-A cord from my recorder to go into the computer because we need the, an adapter for the USB-C port. And I couldn't find it. I was like, oh shit, where did I put it? And this creates a problem now because if Apple had uh, you know, some other ports, not just the USB-C, we wouldn't have had this issue. Because the problem I have with, yes, okay, that's fine. You consolidate ports, that's cool. But now it's the only port though. And the problem is that like not everything is a USB-C cable. Like, for, for me, Apple, it was too soon to adopt a computer that only has USB-C ports in it. It doesn't make sense because not everything is USB-C, especially things that are older. Because, like, you have to, uh, things that, like, that you've had for a number of years or, like, whoever makes the certain object, like, has not released a newer version that has, like, a USB-C connector or a Thunderbolt 3 connector. And that, like, creates this problem now because, like, you have this laptop that you bought and now you can't connect it to anything without like all these adapters. It's not really saving you time. Like I understand like even even if we lived in a future where everything was USB-C, we're still going to have a problem. Like to me, this introducing this type of technology has not simplified things. If anything, it's made it more complicated because one now we're living in this reality where you have to have like dongles and adapters and stuff like that. Like to get any functionality out of this computer, you pretty much have to have an adapter with it. Or a dongle. So a dongle is just like a device that plugs into it and then it has all the other ports that you would basically need. Because like if you need a wired internet connection, let's say, because people say, oh, wireless, right? It's the same thing with the phone because they got rid of the headphone jack, right? Oh, wireless headphones or whatever. But the problem is when you have wireless headphones, whether the AirPods or other wireless headphones, now that's something that runs on a battery. So, okay, well, keep it charged. I'm like, okay, well, now if your thing dies, you run out of battery power. What are you going to do now? You can't listen to it. Because whereas if you had a headphone jack, this is more for the phone, you don't need power unless you have like uh, noise canceling, like noise cancellation or something. But basically you don't need anything. You just plug it in and boom. There you go. So that's one 
issue that some people may think, oh, well, that's doesn't matter. It's a small thing. But I'm like, well, it does matter because now it affects other things that we're using. Right. So I have these things. If you go, maybe you go somewhere like to um, a convention hall or you go to a classroom or something, you can't plug your computer in unless you have this other additional attachment to make it functional. And these are not cheap computers, too. Like it's expensive. They're, they're too overpriced. I mean, I know why they're overpriced because Apple has to make like a certain amount per unit that they want to make and profit from each computer sold. And they sell less and less things. The same thing with the iPhone. Like if you've seen the new iPhones that have come out, that have come out, they're more expensive because people are buying iPhones less and less. So they need to make more per iPhone that they sell. But if people are buying less, they have to increase the price of the iPhone. Right? So you get this problem now where it's like it's over. It's like I said, like a, a new MacBook is like at least, I think the base one, 13-inch, or even the twelve inch, I think the twelve inch one is like twelve hundred bucks, thirteen hundred bucks, something like that. Like that's not inexpensive. That's pretty pretty expensive for that. And like yes, they're thin, they're light. Like I have a twelve inch MacBook that I bought used because you know I couldn't to buy it new. It was too expensive. So yeah, they're small, light, they're thin. Like that's fine, but that's only one aspect though. And that's not in terms of usage. I'm like. They could be a little bit thicker and have like those regular ports that they had like on the previous version. So you still have more of that functionality. You don't have to go and buy a, an adapter and then you forget the adapter. Because these things happen. I know people try to say like, oh, you don't forget it or whatever. And I'm like, but that's just not real life though. That's like a fantasy where you have everything perfectly and you never forget anything. So like even when we're trying to record this thing, if I don't find the adapter, if I've lost it or I've misplaced it, we can't record now. And like saying, well, you should have had it or have a backup or doesn't help me now in the moment, right? Now it's useless. Now it doesn't matter. Now we can't record because we don't have the right freaking thing because this computer or because Apple decided this computer should not have regular ports. The other issue is that let's say, okay, it's 20 years in the future because like I said, they did this prematurely. Like I still think it's probably another 10 years before everything has like USB-C on it. Assuming they don't decide, like, <laughs> in the next few years to introduce another port type or something like that. But let's say, okay, we're, we're past the issue of needing adapters and dongles because everything's adapted now, okay? The other problem that we're going to have is that how are you going to know which cable is which? Right? Because these things don't stay static, right? So right now, I think this computer that I have has USB 3.1. And that's the technology that like the port itself actually like reads. So like that has like the power requirements and that has like the data transfer things. So and then Thunderbolt 3 too, which is has the same look as the USB C, but it's something different. So we have the USB and we have the Thunderbolt. So they look the same. If you have the cable, they look the same. You can't distinguish them because they look like, like, like the, the port itself and the cable connector looks exactly the same. So yes, you have the one port, or even if you have like five ports, but still the same port type, and different things can go plug into them. I understand that. That's that's cool, I guess. But now you don't know... Now you have the other problem is you don't know what is what now because everything looks the same. Uh, we may have mentioned this before, even if I have. It's still worth talking about because I think it's bullshit. Because now, like I said, now now it all looks the same. Now you don't know what is what. So like I said, the standards don't stay the same. So... Let's say next year there's going to be USB 4 that comes out. It's going to look like the USB-C 
uh, input type and uh, connector type. So it'll have the exact same look, but it's going to be USB-C 4. So it's going to have faster data transfer. So let's say it takes a gig, like you have a file that's like one gig. Under USB 3, it's like, uh, you know, it takes like a minute to transfer this one gig file. But under USB 4, let's say it takes half that time. So it takes 30 seconds to transfer a gigabyte file, which would be great. Okay, perfect. But now I buy this new computer, let's say, that comes with the USB-C 4 or the USB 4. But I only have a USB 3 cable now. But I don't know that. Let's say I do also have a USB 4 cable, but I don't know which one I'm grabbing unless I like label everything. But they look the same now. So I grabbed the wrong cable. Visually, they're all the same. And now I'm not getting the fast speed that I bought this new computer for because it's limited by the cable itself. Because, yes, the port inside the computer will have, has a, the capability to transfer at a higher rate, but it's limited by the cable that you use to plug into it. Same thing happens for HDMI. So new versions of HDMI are going to come out. So the signal, the connector, will have like it'll, uh, what is it, like it can support like 8K like visuals and has something to do with like the audio, how it transfers and all that stuff. It'll be better looking. But if you don't have the right HDMI cable or USB-C HDMI cable now, you're not going to get that. And then you bought this screen or whatever with that in mind, but now you're not getting that functionality because you don't know <laughs> which cables you have. Now, obviously, you could say, okay, I've bought all the proper cables, but how often... Are you going to like replace all your cables now when new because like, like I said, the stuff doesn't stay static. Like the standards that we have now aren't going to stay there forever. They're going to increase. And is everyone going to know this? No, not everyone's going to know that. It's a problem that I saw. There's a video that I saw that this is even simpler. It was talking about Android phones that have the USB-C input. So you have the USB-C input and they and they've got rid of the headphone jack. Right? And this is a problem that's going to be facing a lot of people because like I said... If you're someone who's technologically inclined, like, you know, like, okay, this is the cable I need to get, like, you're on top of it, okay, that's good for you. I would say you're in the minority. Most of the people don't know this stuff. They don't give a shit. They're like, okay, whatever. Just plug it in. It plays. That's it. That's all I care about. But I saw this video of this person. He was going through, like, the different phones, Android phones. They had, they got rid of the headphone jack, which I think is dumb. I don't care what you say. It's stupid. They should still have a headphone jack. Anyways. So the headphones come now with like um, a USB-C connector. So that way, like, you pl that's what you plug in to the phone and then you listen to the audio through the USB-C. Because like I said, USB-C supports, like I said, power, audio, Ethernet, HDMI. Good. Every, great. Everything. Everything in one, one port, basically. That's the solution that they're offering you. But I don't think it's an improvement, though. I don't think it makes everything better. The problem was, okay, if you're using the headphones that the... Um, uh, that came with the phone, okay, you don't have any issues. But then depending on the type of USB-C cable, when you're listening to the audio, so this is when you're using third-party headphones, sometimes you can get audio that would come out of the headphones because the way that the connector interacts with the actual input jack, some of them had like needed an additional power requirement to, to power the headphones now because it's coming through. Because an audio jack doesn't require any electricity. I don't know if you're aware of that. Like, if you take a speaker, like, I have a speaker, like, because I, I play guitar, I have a speaker that is literally, a speaker is literally just, like, a box that 
plays out the sound. It doesn't need to be powered on. You can have like a, a preamp, right, in the speaker, and then that's how you like adjust the volume from the speaker itself and not from the device playing the sound. But I have a speaker. If I plug my laptop, uh, plug a cable from my laptop into that speaker, that will play. That speaker does not have to be plugged in, right? So there's no, no electricity required. It purely runs on the audio signal. But now when you have the USB, though, that's not how it works. Now it needs a power source. So if you have a cable that does not have, that's not configured to run that power source, no audio is coming through. And if you have a bunch of headphones, and this is not something that even occurred to you, now you got a rifle, because maybe you buy a different headphone, I don't know, over time you collect, especially if you, when you get the small, like, cheap earbud headphones, like, obviously you have a big over-ear, like, expensive thing, unless you're, like, someone who's, like, super rich, you probably don't. You probably don't buy like multiple pairs of those, but I know people that have like the small that you get with your phone, the small earbuds you get with your phone, like when you buy a new one or whatever, or that, that you just go buy like at Walmart or Dollar, excuse me, or Dollarama or something. So you lose them, they break. You know, and then you have this new problem where it's like, oh shit, now maybe it's not going to work because it's not the right type, but you can't visually distinguish that because they all look the same. So I think it's one of those things where it sounds good in theory, where it's like, yes, this is good. It's one port, so it can support a, uh, numerous amounts of different technologies. So you don't have to fiddle with different cables and all that stuff, especially if you're traveling. You don't necessarily have to carry five different cable types, for example. If that's what you needed, you can carry like one thing and can support like a bunch of different things but in reality i don't think it's it's that ideal that they've presented us with because like i said like my work computer is also a macbook pro and to connect to the internet because i know some people will say wireless oh wi-fi but depending on what you do wi-fi connection may not be the best because it won't be as fast as a wired connection Wired connection, especially if you're transferring large file types, like a wired connection is way, way, way better because you don't have like, because with Wi-Fi, you have problems with like weak signal, you know, depending on how far away you are from the base, uh, there can be interference. All this stuff can like affect the data speeds. And if you're just like browsing the internet or like um, watching YouTube videos or whatever, like it's probably fine. But if you have like a need for something else, uh, because you're you're doing heavier data transfer or whatever, or you're doing heavy streaming or something like that, like broadcast quality probably. Like if you're a broadcaster, I don't think you're doing everything off Wi-Fi. I don't I don't think it would be strong enough. You need a wired connection. But then if you're using this type of computer, or like a MacBook Pro or any other type of computer that's solely USB-C, you can't even. Well, I mean, even the old previous generation of of Macs, I don't think had an Ethernet port built in. But anyways, regardless, you still need an adapter. But yeah, it doesn't it doesn't solve that problem. Then it just gives you another problem because <laughs> now you have to have the adapter, you have to have like a dongle, like so. Like I was saying for my work computer, like to plug in uh, USB keys, uh, Ethernet cable, all this other stuff. Or I know some other people need um, like for VGA or HDMI. The support systems that they have, like in conference rooms, like at a workplace or at a school, like a like convention center. They may not have updated all their stuff, audio equipment, like 
recording studios like they don't necessarily are gonna go in every time a new technology comes out and okay we're gonna replace everything that may not be the case either because they don't want to they don't have the money like not everyone is like super rich and well-funded and it's like okay we're just gonna replace everything so we haven't really solved anything is the illusion of solving something but like i said we'll end it there thank you for listening to my rants hopefully it's been entertaining if not that's your fault <laughs> it's not my fault I'm, I'm i'm good on my end but yeah that's all we have for you this week so just a reminder that uh one this is our this, like i said this is our opinion if you don't agree with anything that we've said that's fine like i said we're not the ultimate truth we're not trying to tell you this is how you must think anyone tells you this is how you must think to be right i would be very skeptical of that person don't follow that like I said, we're just putting these thoughts out there, giving you my takes on certain things. You can feel free to disagree with them. It's up to you. But I have been your uh, host person, Pavlo, also known as JPav, also known as Pav, also known as Pavi. And as always, like I said at the top of the show, I am here with my recording partner, Maggie Megs, who runs the board. And yeah, so that's all we have for you today. So... Yeah, think about those things or don't. Have a nice day. So we'll see you uh, on the next episode. So take care. Peace 